1: 225 274 1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's word.
0: Master Savior. I have come to seek you. Talking once again about relationships, and I cannot believe this is our sixth message that we have preached on relationships. Six messages. Sunday's going to be wonderful. I'm really excited about Sunday. But tonight I want to really talk about your responsibility. Say with me, my responsibility. I want to talk about what your responsibility is in relationships, and I know I say this nearly every time I start a message, and please trust me and believe me, I'm not lying, but I'm really excited and have been really excited about this series because I believe it can have a massive impact. Don't sit at the back, come up here with us. Come on, there you go. There you go. Come on, get them connected. We want people connected. Don't understand why people come in and sit at the back in church. People pay big bucks at games to sit on the front rows, but in the church, they want to sit on the back rows. What's going on? Some dyslexic Christians in the house, amen? But you know, I say that a lot, but I'm really excited about this series because I believe it can have such an impact on your life and to your life and through your life. You know, no one is excluded. When you talk about a subject like relationships, no one is excluded because everyone in life has relationships. You may not know a lot of people, but you have relationships that you're a part of. Everyone has them. Everyone experiences them in different degrees. But the principles that we've been given you, they work across the board. And if you were only to take one word from this whole message, this whole series, this whole month, if you were to just take one word, here's a good one for you to take, and that is boundaries. If you could just take that word boundaries... And apply that to your life, to the connections and the friendships. Wouldn't your life and isn't your life going to be a different place? Just setting the boundaries around. Remember the saying that we've been saying this month? If I am not connected to the right things, I will not make it to the right places. So therefore, the proper place for my life is determined upon the proper connections of my life, both vertical and horizontal, starts with vertical. Jesus has to be our source, but then it goes through to the horizontal. We're to love everyone, sure are, but we don't give everyone equal access. We, why is that? Because you and I are a limited resource. I'm just recapping some things. So therefore, I've got to be specific and guard my investments. The most important commodity of any relationship to you must be you. The most important commodity that you have in any relationship is you. I want to say that one more time. The most important commodity that you have in any relationship is is you. Now, please don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about that you should be in relationships then for what you can get out of it. Okay. We're not in it for ourselves. That's a shallow mentality. And if you're around people like that, that are just your friends because you're popular or because they want something, guess what? That's shallow people and you're not going to get much out of them. And there's lots of people who are friends with famous people or celebrities or popular people for this. They just want the status. They just want the name. They just want the notoriety, what comes along with it. That's not being a friend. That's called using somebody. So when we're talking about the most important commodity in any relationship to you has to be you, we're not talking about, well, I'm just going to be friends with this because of what I get out of it. That's not what we mean. That's not what we mean. In fact, the Bible tells us about giving. The Bible tells us is what? It's that we give away in order to receive. The Bible says in giving you shall receive. So we're definitely not saying that. If you were to look at 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, you would see something about love and that is love. Love is all outwards. Love is about giving to other people. Well, we may turn around and say, well, where do I get? That's why you've got to be connected to the right people. Because when you give the right love, guess what? You're going to receive the right love back. That's what relationships, being connected to the right people. But here's what you've got to realize. And that is this. When we talk about the most important commodity to me in any given relationship is myself. Here's why we're saying that. Because I've got to protect my life. I can't leave it up to someone else to protect my life. I've got to protect my life. That's my responsibility to protect me. I've got to protect myself so I've got something to give. If there's more withdrawals than deposits, guess what? I'm bankrupting my life. So you've got to take care of yourself. I I think a message that we need to hear in the church today, is time to get Selfish. And you need to understand that message. It's not talking about we shut down from everyone else and we don't love everyone else and we don't reach out. Because again, that's contrary to God's word. Love is about giving. Love is about throwing it out there. So we're not saying different to that. But what we're saying is this. What can I have to give if there's nothing inside? What good can I be to other people if I'm broken and destitute and I'm empty? What have I got to give my wife if I'm broken and I have nothing? I'm exhausted. I'm this. What do I have to give her? Nothing. Peter and John says, such as I have. Thank God they had something. If not, that man would have been lame that day. It's too many people lame in life. Why? Because we're not taking care of ourselves. We're not taking care of ourselves and watching ourselves in the relationships, watching ourselves in the connections, setting the proper boundaries, defining our response to situations. Remember, rear control, we've got control. And we need to access and we need to implement that in our life. But in the, I've got to realize that I've got to maintain my life. And we're going to talk a little bit about that Sunday. Sunday we're going to be talking about, are you leaking or overflowing? That's what we're going to be talking about on Sunday. But tonight I want to briefly talk about that too. And I want to further discuss it in small groups and we're going to go through that. But I want to talk about my responsibilities. What is your responsibility? Well, it's for you, to take care of you. But then there is also other responsibilities you have. How must I act in relationships, in the relationships I keep. I cannot control others. Do I hear an amen? amen? Can't control what other people do. But you know what? I can shut them out. Maybe it doesn't shut them up, but I can shut them out so I can control myself, how I handle myself. I don't have control over them, but I have control over myself, my response, my reaction, so therefore, shouldn't my focus then be on what I can control and what I can, instead of what I can't control? And that's my God-given responsibility. So how must I conduct myself in relationships? And let's look at God's Word for the answer. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms chapter 15. We're going to read the whole Psalm 15 tonight. Notice the heading, if you would, in your Bible. If you have a Bible with you, I know a lot of people have got just your iPods and iPads. And if you're not really cool, a Samsung or a Galaxy or something like that. But if you're really cool, you've got an i-something or other. And um, that's why we're cool. We've got iKids here at the church, Impact Kids. But if you would look at the title of the book of Psalms or this Psalm 15, you would read something that goes along these lines the heading or the title would say, the character of those who dwell with the Lord. Or another one would say, guidelines for living a blameless life. So this is a good psalm right here. Guidelines for living a blameless life. So read with me Psalms 15, beginning in verse 1. It says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? He Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly, And works righteousness, and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up reproach against his friends, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change, he does not put out his money at usury. Nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. This is a psalm of David. David wrote this and David knew perhaps greater than most that he wasn't perfect. He didn't have it all together. But he's asking the question, who can abide in the tabernacle of God? Who is it that can stay in the presence of God? Who is it that has access to God? And he goes on and he actually gives us 10 standards to determine whether we are living morally upright towards God. 10 things he gives us. And I'm not going to look at 10 of those tonight, but I'm going to focus on the four that I believe he's speaking about that deals with us in relationships, that deals with my responsibility, what my responsibility is to other people, to my life, just to relationships. Today we live in a world, and unfortunately among some evil people, where standards and morals are drastically eroding. I mean, morals are eroding all around us. And it's not good. It's not going in the right direction. But what we've got to be careful to do, and that is this, we've got to be careful that we don't go with the flow, but that we make a stand for righteousness. But from this psalm, we see something. Despite all the eroding and all the decay, we are called to a higher calling. And the actions and the words of our life And how we use the words of our life reflects upon our relationship with God. Do you know the way I treat other people shows the type of relationship that I have with God? We see here, the Lord says, who shall abide in the tabernacle? David writes this. And God says, the people who treat people fairly and right. That's the people who are in God's presence. So what are you saying, Pastor Philip? Listen, we're going to go on. We're going to go on. But the actions and the words of our life reflect on our relationship with God. The footnotes of my Bible read this today and I wrote it down. It says this, Perhaps nothing so identifies Christians as their ability to control their speech, to speak the truth, refusing to slander and to keep their promises. Watch what you say. And I'm going to add something else. Not only watch what you say, but watch how you choose to say it. So David is asking God this question. God, what are the necessary qualifications to abide in your tabernacle, to have the presence of God in my life? And God answers David very plainly and very simply. And he says, if you want to abide in the presence and, in, and have the purpose of God in your life, You know what needs to be exhibited in your life, God says? You need to start exhibiting a strong relationship with other people as well as a relationship with Him. You see, He's telling us that in order to have a proper relationship with God, it also involves the type of conduct we have with other people around. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that if I'm nice to people, that makes me right with God. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is this. As a result of giving my life to God, I should be better to other people around me. The way I treat people should reflect on the relationship I have with God. And because of the relationship I have with God, I should treat people better. Do you see what he's saying here? He's not saying that that makes me more saved. But as a result of my salvation experience, I should treat people in a better way. That's my responsibility. If I want the presence of God, if I want the moving of God, if I want the power of God in my life, you know what? My relationship with Him should be displayed in a right relationship with other people. Say with me tonight, that's my responsibility. That's my responsibility. That's my responsibility. Because if I want the presence of God, He says... I've got to start treating people the way they need to be treated. That was one thing that Jesus, that drew people to Jesus. The religious leaders of that day condemned everyone. On the Sabbath day, if they even moved a chair, that was regarded as plowing a field. Because if they moved a chair, they could part the dust and that was regarded as plowing. People couldn't even move a chair on the Sabbath day. All the restraints and all the constrictions and the condemnation that was brought upon him. But Jesus shows up on the scene and Jesus just loves people. Jesus has compassion for people. Jesus has a smile when he's speaking. Think about it. Their faces were so stern and Jesus is just smiling. There's just love emanating and people responded to that. Can you see the parallels that we need to have in our lives? Who abides? Who is it that really loves you? Who is it that really serves you? David was asking this question and Jesus said to him, the one who wants to abide is a person who treats other people with respect and honors them. I mean, that's powerful. That's powerful right there. So it's my responsibility. I want to really quickly, and we're going to discuss these in small groups, I want to give you four things that David says that's my responsibility when it comes to relationships and other people. And there are actually more, but specifically these are the four that we're going to give tonight. And really they come from verses 2 through 3, 2 and 3. And it says this, The first responsibility I have is this, to speak kindly of others. That's my responsibility. I want to help you with something tonight, and that is this. To speak kind words about something, someone doesn't mean you have to lie. There's something that you can find in someone to say nice things about. People will respond to that. And neither does it mean if I've got to speak kind words, it doesn't mean then I've got to be friends with everyone. That doesn't mean that, that everyone's got to be my friend. But we're living in a world today that there's not much kindness being shared for. People are looking for every opportunity they can to put someone down. I think one of the greatest witnesses that we can have in our life is to be kind to other people. Just to be kind, to show them the love of Jesus, just to let kindness. People respond to kindness. People respond to kindness. Have you ever seen like a little puppy and a little dog? That someone just loves on it and just, you know what that thing does? It just responds to it, doesn't it? People are the same. You may know someone right now that's kind of rough and just kind of pushes people away. I'm telling you right now, you show them kindness. You just begin to love them and speak kindly to them. You know there's a saying out there, it goes like this, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. You know, there's a lot of things that you could perhaps say, but just don't say it. Look for something that can build them up. I've talked with people all the time, you know, people counseling people, and my husband's this and my husband's that. Well, I'm sure he is all those bad things, but I'm sure there's some good in there. Can you start telling me some good stuff? It's amazing if we start focusing on the good things, we'll begin to realize that everything's not bad. So my responsibility is this. In the relationships that I have, in the life that I live, my responsibility is to speak kindly to other people. It doesn't matter what they speak back to me. My responsibility is to be kind to them. Is everyone with me? Second responsibility that we see from this passage of Scripture is this My second responsibility is not to gossip. Not to gossip. People say this all the time, but I'm not really gossiping. I'm just letting you know. I'm not really gossiping. Listen, if you're talking about someone else and divulging information that perhaps isn't factual, and even if it is factual, but you're talking to other people about someone else, you're gossiping. You've got to watch with the gossip and just how you talk. You can label it however which you may. It's not a good thing, and it's something that God hates. Gossip is destroying, it's manipulative and it's wrong. Gossip tears down and destroys people. It ruins their reputation of life. And you know the way that you stop gossip? Is you go to the source. Someone comes to you and says, I can't believe that Philip has done that. You turn around and say to him, well, let's go to Philip and talk about that. Watch how quickly gossip can be stopped when you go to the source. No one wants to go to the source. Why? Because they want to talk about it. They don't want the truth. They say they do, but all they want is an opportunity to talk about someone else and to tear them down. One of the greatest weapons against the church today is gossip. children of God. David said, who abides? And God says, if you want to abide in my presence, you better get gossip out of your lip. Because if you really are what you say you are, that shouldn't be found in you. That's my responsibility to make sure that I don't gossip about other people. Do I hear an amen? Amen. And I'll tell you something else about gossip, and that is this. To listen to gossip and not say anything, you're still partaking in it. Just to listen, not say anything, you're still a partaker in it. You stop it and say, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't need to hear it. Because all it does is destroy and manipulate and destroy others' lives. The third thing that we see that's my responsibility and that is this. My responsibility is to do nothing to hurt anyone in any way. This is tough stuff tonight, isn't it? I mean, it's tough stuff. It's soul-searching stuff. But this is my responsibility. No one else is going to do it for me and no one else should. Because it's my responsibility to do it. It's my responsibility. Notice what I said. Do nothing to hurt anyone in any way. Notice the word anyone. Not just your friends and not just those you're connected with. It's easy to do good to those. But anyone includes those who have hurt and wounded you, those who have spoken against you. But can I warn you with this? The moment you retaliate, God steps back. The moment you retaliate and you take things into your own hands, God steps back. And when God steps back, he's stepping out of that situation. If you want God to work in that situation, you've got to give it to him. How do you give it to him? You don't want her. You don't put anything on anyone else. Jesus in the Gospels tells us this. He says, pray for those kind of people. Those who inflict pain upon you. Those who cause misery. Those who cause harm upon you. You pray for them. And here's how you pray. He says, you pray that I will bless their life. You know what you're praying when you pray that God would bless them? You're praying that God would change their heart as he changed your heart. You're praying that God would change. You know what my responsibility is? To do nothing to hurt anyone in any way. It's tough stuff. To hurt others will never heal you. If only I can make them hurt like I do, then I'm going to feel, listen, to hurt someone else will never heal you. It just what? Continues the cycle. And you'll spin out of control and there's only one that can break that cycle and that's Jesus Christ. He can break that cycle. But you've got to give it to Him. So what is David saying? God, if I want to be in your presence, if I want to be in relationship with you, it's my responsibility to what? To speak kindly to people, not to gossip, to do nothing to hurt anyone. And last but not least, he says this, to not reproach someone else. To not reproach, that's a big word there. But in the Hebrew language, it means not to blame or to discredit or to to, to disgrace or to shame another. And I know we're all guilty of that. But it's our responsibility to cover things instead of exposing them. I didn't say condone those things. but It's our responsibility to protect, not to violate. It's our responsibility to help other people around us. But here's what you've got to see tonight. If the Old Testament teaches that one desiring to get closer to God must prioritize love towards others then the New Testament commandment Jesus gives to us is this in Romans 13 verse 9. You are to love your neighbor as yourself. So therefore that commandment Is surely vital to our relationship with our Heavenly Father today, right now in our lives. Why? Because of our love towards Him, there has to be a change in our lives towards other people. It's my responsibility to treat people in this manner. There's the golden rule out there. Do unto others as what you want them to do unto you. Wow, if we lived like that, that's God's rule. Did you know that? That's God's rule. If we lived like that. There would be a greater presence in our life of God. There would be a greater relationship we have with God. Why? Because when we treat people and do things that's our responsibility to do and we don't do them, guess what? It affects our relationship with God because we're being disobedient to Him. Just quickly as I close, look at 1 John 4, 7 and 8. These are powerful scriptures. 1 John 4, verse 7 and 8, it says, Beloved, let us love one another for lovers of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. But he who does not love does not what know God. Why? Because God is love. Pretty powerful scripture there. If I don't love other people, I don't know God. Because God is love. Very strong, but very true. But because of my relationship with God, my relationship with others must be different. And that's my responsibility to do that. My responsibility is to treat people different. When everyone else is laughing at them, my responsibility is to stand up for them. When everyone else is speaking ugly words, my responsibility is to stand up and give a kind word. When everyone else is gossiping, my responsibility is to say stop or remove myself because I don't want a part of that. When everyone else is reproaching people, what discrediting them, disgracing them, shaming them, you know what my responsibility to do is to cover them. And the lady who was caught in the act of adultery came to Jesus. Everyone accused her. And Jesus said these words, He was without sin. Let him cast the first stone. Everyone left that day apart from Jesus. He was the only one that condemned her. And she said, Lord, you're the only one. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What did he do? He covered. He didn't disgrace her. He prayed for her. He made a way for her. He blessed her. He paid the price for her on Calvary. That's why he could let her go, because he was breaking the law in the natural, letting her go. But he fulfilled the law when he died upon the cross. That's why he could let her go. And because he died, there's freedom for mankind. But how will they know unless we tell them? That's my responsibility. My responsibility my responsibility I'm instructed how to conduct my life and it matters to God because my relationship with Him my relationship with other people should be different